Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is, by my count, our 10th show of the week. No, I'm just kidding. It's like our ninth show of the week, and it's our DFS show as we preview the main slate uh, coming up the rest of the week. We will have a Thursday preview, a Thursday recap, and, of course, our best bets picks against the spread show for Friday. So make sure and check those out in your feed. And... You know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm going to assume you like to gamble in some form or fashion. And if that's the case, buddy, you are in luck because we have a brand new podcast as part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network launching today. It's the early edge. You want to leg up on that bookie? Have you heard about these bookies? Sometimes they look at things. They say, oh, there's a 97% chance of something winning. Those bookies are all over the numbers. And uh, if you want to leg up on your bookie, the early edge has got you covered. It's powered by Sportsline. And every single day of the week, you can join Jonathan Coachman and an expert crew of Sportsline handicappers to break down the biggest games of the day, no matter what sport it is. Every episode is 10 minutes or shorter. It's like the opposite of this podcast and is in your feed by 11 a.m. Eastern. It's literally the opposite of this podcast. Uh, if there's a sharp side of the action, you'll be armed with it. Go check out the Early Edge podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Joining me now to break down the DFS slate for week 14, uh, the one, the only, Frank Stample, at Roto underscore Frank on Twitter. Um, true or false, Frank, Heath Cummings is so annoyed by me failing to set my lineups in multiple fantasy season-long fantasy leagues that he is refusing to come on this podcast. Oh, true, one hundred percent. I would, yeah, I wouldn't put that past Heath. Although I will say, I mean, Heath is the commissioner in a dynasty league that I'm in, and uh, I, I made, I, it was, I was playing Nick Costas, our old colleague, uh, with the winner goes to the playoffs, loser doesn't. And I'll be honest, like I, I, I'm, I've just been bad this season at setting my lineups, and I forgot to change out Ryan Fitzpatrick for either Baker Mayfield or Philip Rivers, and I still beat him. <laughs> Oh, I was about to say, all right. Well, you know, it's a good time to be Will Brinson because your boy Philip Rivers is balling out right now. So yes, he he's playing really well. Um, I'm excited for the Colts. I hope they do. I hope they, uh, they, they, they take it to the house, so to speak. All right. So week 13, any, uh, any recap thoughts? I don't, man, I, uh, I, I don't think you did any, I don't think you made any money unless you had Derek Carr and, and Darren Waller stacked, right? 
Yeah, that's probably where the big money was at. And we were off by one week, man. Off by one week. And last week I, I said, you know, look, I'm going back to the well. I might be crazy. I really didn't have that much Derek Carr and Darren Waller either. But, man, like, just start everyone against the Jets. They are dreadful. I had one lineup that did pretty well. Um, ended up with 170 points. I mean, that's not, like, mind-blowing, but it was enough to cash. Um, Sean Watson and Brandon Cook stack. But I made my hay by rolling with Jonathan Taylor, who was 12% owned um, in the, in this particular contest, and was one of my favorite plays of the week. He had a he had a big game. Ended up having a receiving touchdown of 91 rushing yards. And Corey Davis, who I sort of filled out lineups with, uh, accidentally had a monster game: 182 receiving yards, 11 catches, and a touchdown in that shootout. Uh, Baker Mayfield was the other. If you played Baker Mayfield, good for you. Because I don't think anybody was playing Baker Mayfield in that spot. Uh, so, you know, kudos to you if you played him. Um, and then if you brought him back, if you played Baker and I don't even know who the Landry, Landry was the guy Baker and Landry and brought him back with Corey Davis, then a, you're a wizard and B, you probably are rich as, as all get out the Millie maker lineup, which I happen to have it in front of me. I cashed one lineup in the Millie maker. It's so disappointing when you cash a like, you know, I mean, like you can have a decent lineup. Like I finished, I mean, I was like top 30,000. It's 30 bucks back. Uh, the winning lineup had 258 points. Derek Carr, Corey Day. Oh, Derek. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Corey Davis, Justin Jefferson, and, uh, the Patriots defense were the flame emojis for them. Also had Chris Carson, James Robinson, Robert Woods, Big Bob and Big Bob Tanyan. Hmm. So I, don't, I, you know, I don't mind when, um, when, uh, I don't mind when I see the Millie maker and like, I wasn't anywhere near it. Like I'm at least like, all right, you know, like I wasn't, that wasn't on my radar. So I don't mind. Yeah. There are weeks where you look at the Millie maker and you're just like, man, I could have thought about that. I, I, you know, I looked at all these players. I just didn't have them all together in one lineup. That lineup is, is kind of out there. Uh, compared to most Millie Maker lineups that we see. So really faded all the chalk. There was no chalk involved there, no David Montgomery, no Kiki QT in that lineup that you read. Um, but Patriots defense, wow. Yeah. Just the, the Chargers and Justin Herbert in general, man, grow the hair back out because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. If you, uh, if you rolled with Justin Herbert and the Chargers, that it didn't, didn't go well. Uh, which we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about the Chargers. Interesting bounce back spot for them. And, um, Patriots aren't on the slate because they're on Thursday night, but their defense is at least starting to be interesting again. Let's dive into the slate though, Frank. And we start as we always do with the highest point total on the board for the main slate. And it's Packers at Lions. Aaron Rodgers 7,500 is actually kind of reasonable. Devontae Adams is maybe also reasonable at 9,300. I would assume that these guys are going to be chalk. I don't know how you can, I mean, I guess you can fade Devonte Adams because, you know, you need to fit some other guys in, but uh, man, he is, he is just catching a touchdown every week. I am, I'm betting him every week. First touchdown scored five to one. It just keeps catching over and over again. Yeah. Especially when he's getting as many red zone targets that he is. I believe he leads the NFL in red zone targets. As of now, and yes, he does with 22 red zone targets. So that is a that is just a lock right now. And I I would say among the 9K plus players, he is probably the one I'm most likely to just 
set it and forget it. Put him in every single week. Uh, he has 18-plus DraftKings points in seven straight, including 30-plus in four of those games. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is the game to stack. It's indoors. It's a huge total in the dome, and you're getting Rodgers at 7,500. He has multiple touchdown passes in 11 of 12 games. So I assume both of these guys will be very chalky. But, you know, for cash lineups, you're looking for players that you could just set in and not worry about it. I think two of those guys, and even Aaron Jones, like this is the best matchup that you can have for a running back, and he's 7,600. You look at the top end of running backs this week, there are a lot of very high-priced guys, and you're getting Aaron Jones for 1,500, 2,000 less than guys like Dalvin Cook and, and Derrick Henry, so uh, definitely interested in, in Aaron Jones in the spot. Uh, would you be opposed to stacking, like having all three of those guys? Is that even viable? And just going all in? On, uh, the Packers? You can. It's just, it, like, the roster rate for all three of these players are going to be very high. So, I mean, it's not something you want to do in, in tournaments or, you know, leverage situations, try and get a leg up. But in cash games, I could certainly see it being something that you could look into. Um, and even on the other side, like, I don't mind Stafford at 5,700, especially if Kenny Galladay, if he can return. I don't know if we're ever going to see Kenny Galladay play again because his hip injury has been hampering him for so long and killed me in so many season long leagues, but I don't I don't I don't think he's coming back. He's probably not going to. If, if I'm Kenny Galladay, I believe he's eligible for free agency because he wasn't a first round pick, so he's Yep, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. There's it's look, the Lions aren't going anywhere. They just fired their coach. You know, you don't know that Daryl Bevel's going to be there next year. If I'm Kenny Galladay, I'm not calling back until I'm 100% healthy. Cause he's going to get really paid in free agency or franchise tagged either way. And if you come back now in the final four weeks of the season to chase like the 10% chance that they could get maybe 5% chance to get the, the seven seed and you hurt yourself, it, it could cost you millions of dollars. So, I mean, that's my only hold up on uh, Matthew Stafford is that no Galladay is there, but you know, you could stack Stafford and uh, Stafford and Hawkinson with Adams coming back. Yeah, Hawkinson has been just super consistent at the tight end position, and, and the price is up there now at 5K. Tight end two on season-long leagues this year? What's up? He's tight end two this year behind Kelsey? I think he is t- he's tight end four in fantasy points per game. Okay, that's really good. Uh, no, yeah, he's he's been great, Um, but the price is getting up there. The The stat I wanted to bring up for Stafford is first game with Daryl Bevel as the head coach. They said that they were going to open things up a little bit. He had 551 intended air yards. I heard this from Chris... Chris what? Towers as well on, on fantasy football today. That is by far the most of any game this season. So they just threw the ball down the field. And I do think the Packers are somewhat susceptible. Yes, they have Jair Alexander, but, uh, I like, I like Stafford too. And this is the game that, that you want to stack. Um, okay. I would, I'm seeing, I'm looking at Rodgers. I mean, this is a really early ownership projection. I don't want to even like it's, but I mean, sub 10%. Is that possible? Maybe just because we have so many good quarterbacks. This is a really good, this is like a fun fantasy slate, fun DFS slate. No, like it's not, I mean, it's, it's all of them are challenging because you're still, you're always trying to piece a puzzle together. But I mean, I think when you start to look around, I mean, you know, you can, I mean, like we'll get to the other games, but like Justin Herbert and Ryan Tannehill, you're saving seven or 800 off of Aaron Rodgers. You know, Matt Ryan, you're saving 1800 off of Aaron Rodgers. And if you want to play Devontae Adams, and you want to play guys like Derrick Henry and you want to play, you know, the, 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 the expensive tight ends like the uh, Waller and uh, Kelsey, you know, you, you, maybe you're willing to spin down at quarterback. So it's possible that Aaron Rodgers is not as rostered as we thought he might be. 
Yeah, and we still have guys like Patrick Mahomes, which we're not used to having Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers all on the same slate because right. usually one of those guys plays on Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, somewhere in prime time, and we don't have them there. But we have 13 main slate games this week and a lot of high-priced, talented quarterbacks. So maybe we do see Rodgers at, at a, a bit of a suppressed roster rate than we thought, but I still think of those names, like over 7K, he's, he's probably going to be the highest-rostered one. See, I think Mahomes will be higher just because of the way he's been playing in the past. And I, the other thing I think too, and not to get bogged down, we're going to keep moving on from the game, but I do think maybe this is one of those weeks where at quarterback, you don't try and get, don't try and get cute. Like if you, if you, if you feel like Rogers is the guy who's going to get you the million dollars or is going to win you a, a takedown a tournament or win, get you the most points, then play Rogers. Because like, I don't think, I just don't think we're going to have like a, you're not going to, it's not going to get to one of five and you're like, Oh my God, 20% Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think anybody's going to be over 15% with the options here. I mean, Tom Brady, 6,900, you know, Stafford, 5,700. We got Taysom Hill and Jalen Hurts who are going to be intriguing to people because of their, their, their running capabilities. Uh, Derek Carr just won a million dollars for somebody. Kirk Cousins has a pretty good matchup against Tampa Bay and what is what projects to be a shootout. Mike Glennon has a decent matchup. I mean, they're, you know, we'll get to all these guys. We just saw Watson's on the slate, Kyler. There's just so many different options that I just don't, I, I think it's one of those where the ownership might be kind of flat, even at the top for the quarterbacks. No, yeah. And I think that that's a good point that you bring up and, and quarterback was a weird position last week. And I wound up with a lot of Aaron Rodgers and a few Deshaun Watson as well. Uh, but this one, I mean, uh, there, <laughs> there is no shortage of options. And, uh, you mentioned getting cute. Jalen Hurts is, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting name at 5,100. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, anybody else from, uh, Green Bay or, uh, Detroit that intrigues you? I will just throw out, obviously, if Galladay is out, Marvin Jones at 5,800. I mean, he was just targeted a bunch last week and, and a lot of air yards and targeted downfield. So he would be in play. And, uh, if Carryon Johnson is out and Swift is out, Adrian Peterson, it's gross. It is gross. Mm-hmm. $5,000. He's not really going to catch passes, but he's used in the red zone. He's used on the goal line and, the Packers are really bad against the run. So I'll just bring the name up. Adrian Peters. Okay. You're a sick, sick human. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just want to point out too, uh, with Aaron Rodgers, not to belabor the point. Um, but he did, you know, against the Lions earlier this season in a 42 21 game, 18 of 30 for two touchdowns and 240 yards. Wasn't even that great of a game. Um, he typically has shredded the Lions. And if Daryl Bevel is willing to open it up and chunk the ball around, then we could see this game go way over. We could see Aaron Rodgers having to throw a bunch of passes. And maybe more importantly, Frank, and this is kind of, I don't know, this is kind of not really stat-based, obviously, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, I would guess he wants to win the MVP. And Patrick Mahomes is currently leading. Aaron Rodgers is not going to win the MVP going 18 of 30 for 240 yards and two touchdowns the rest of the way down the stretch. He will get there if he throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's within the range of outcomes for Rodgers, the way that we, we've seen him play and how aggressive they are throwing the ball in the red zone as well. I will just point out the game that you brought up was the game that Devonta Adams left with injury. So that's why it was a, a bit of a pedestrian line for Rodgers. Oh, that's true. Good call. Um, I had to exit out of my, my thing. Uh, I was going to say, what is, do you know what Alan Lazard is? Alan uh, Lazard is, I believe he's around 5K and he is, yeah, 5,000 exactly. Okay. See, I would have, a large amount of interest in stacking Rodgers with Adams and Lazard or, or big Bob Tanyan, if you wanted to, and then bring it back with a Hawkinson. 
Why is that a thing, by the way? Why are people calling him Big Bob Tanya? I, I, it's a cool I nickname, but I saw it all over Twitter on Sunday, and I'm just like, did I miss something somewhere? No, I think I'm just kind of blindly going along with whatever the uh, the nickname is. I just see Big Bob Tanya. He's a big, looks like a lumberjack, I guess. I don't yeah, know. No, I, I'm all for it. I just wondered if like he referred to himself as Big Bob or if someone else did. I, <laughs> I, don't I didn't think know so. where it came from, so I just I was trying to find out. I feel just tweeting it out, and everybody's kind of rolling along with it, like calling uh, Derek Henry the big dog. Speaking of the big dog, he is playing against the Jaguars, and the Titans are seven and a half point favorite on the road, over under fifty three in this spot. Um, I'm going to set over under. Speaking of over unders, actually, you know what? I'm going to inverse the over under on the total here and ask you: over or under thirty five percent owned Derrick Henry this week? Under. Ooh, really? He's eighty seven hundred dollars, but this is an absolute smash spot. So the Jaguars have actually been better against the run, and the first time that they faced off against each other, they held Derrick Henry under 90 rushing yards. Wow. So I don't know if that's just some kind of aberration, but they, they've actually played well against the run. And On 25 carries. It's the same thing that we mentioned with quarterbacks, is that there's so many running backs this week. You could have Dalvin Cook in a tough matchup, but without Alexander Madison. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is returning. Aaron Jones, you're getting for nearly, uh, over a thousand dollars cheaper than Derrick Henry, arguably in a better spot in terms of the matchup as well. So yeah, I'm going to go under that 35% roster rate. Um, and we know what his upside is, uh, him and AJ Brown, we'll just kind of lump them in together. Like they have slate breaking potential, especially against this defense. And I think like if you're just mass multi entering, like you want a few lineups with these guys for sure. But I, I, I think that they're, uh, they're going to be less rostered than you think. Okay. Interesting. I did not, I did not see that coming. Uh, nine games against the, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in his career, 158 carries for 798 yards. That is quote unquote only 5.1 yards per carry. Nine rushing touchdowns though. That is, uh, the most against any team that Derek Henry has. So I, I if he's under owned, then I will, I will dabble substantially. If, if you think he's closer to like 15 or 20%, then I will, I will absolutely have some Henry this week. Uh, I, I was sort of looking at it, Frank, and wondering, is Ryan Tannehill 6,700? Can you stack Ryan Tannehill at 6,700 with AJ Brown 7,300 and Corey Davis at 5,700 and just like, I mean, not fade Derrick Henry, but you're hoping this is a shootout and, or, or even throw Derrick Henry in there. I don't even know if you can quadruple stack the Titans. That's probably aggressive. That is quite aggressive, and uh, you're going to have a, a bunch of other cheap players if you wind up with something like that. And there's not really anybody you can bring it back with either because last week I tried talking up Keelan Cole. DJ Chark returned to practice later on in the week, and uh, they just kind of spread the ball around right now between Chark and Colin Johnson and uh, Keelan Cole there as well. So you can't really bring it back with anybody, but this Jaguars defense is bad, specifically in the secondary. They're just getting shredded. I like Tannehill. I don't love him. Uh, Herbert is $100 more. And he's going up against the Falcons at home and he's just, there's so much pass volume there. I can just see one of these games where like maybe Tannehill throws for two touchdowns early in the game, but it just gets out of hand and they just have a huge lead in the second half and he doesn't really have to. Oh, do see, I disagree. You think so? I, mean, I don't their think. Their defense is bad too, so. Their defense is really bad. Yep. And the Jaguars have let Mike Glennon throw it 77 times in the last two weeks. Now, I'm not going to try and sit here and, and cape up for Glennon and act like he's been uh, an MVP caliber quarterback. But he, throws, he slings the ball down the field. I don't think his three, he has two picks in two games and three touchdowns. I mean, if they're going to let him throw, I mean, this is not Brandon Allen and this is not even Gardner Minshew. Like, you know, Glennon is going to challenge down the field a little bit and he's going to, 
if they're letting him throw, if they're letting him throw 40 times, I think we see this game get into a shootout. The Jaguars have lost by two points and three points in their two games with Mike Lennon starting. I, I think the Jaguars are a live dog here. I think that they will cover a seven and a half is too much for me. I know Tennessee is good and Tennessee can, you know, Derrick Henry can break one and cover it late and that's fine because I'll have Derrick Henry. Um, I just think you could see Glennon whipping the ball around. I, I don't, I, I agree though. I don't know who you go to. I do think that Tyler Eifert could be interesting at tight end. I, I like Eifert, but the problem is uh, he's super cheap. So it's, it's fine. He's 3,100. Once again, a stacked position. I mean, yeah. 3,100 for Tyler Eifert. That is absolutely dirt cheap. He had six catches, 45 yards last week. And then the week before that caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, so he is being targeted a decent bit by Mike Lennon. The problem is that he kind of splits routes with uh, James O'Shaughnessy. So yeah. Eifert ran 35 and O'Shaughnessy ran 15. So I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I will. Uh, I'll also bring up the the other tight end in this game, the Ferk Daddy, Anthony Ferkser. No one's gonna have him after last week. Uh, he got all of his production like the final drive it was just like complete garbage time. But he wound up with I think 10 DK points. At, I think he was like sub 3k. So, uh, I actually, I had a lot of Frickser. I went to him later on in the week. Wait, did he end up with points? Yeah, he wound up with 10 DK points. Oh, really? Yeah, it was all on the final drive. Like, it was complete garbage time. Oh, wow. I, I think I just like quit watching at that point. I don't know. I don't know why I just completely gave up on, on watching Frickser. Yeah, 10 DK points on, uh, 2,500. Oh, I know, cause that game was, that game was so crazy out of hand with the Browns going nuts. And it was like Michael, Michael Pruitt. Um, I mean, like, like what we did, like he's just this feeding this guy with 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 the instead of Ferkser, just brutal to see. Um, what was it? Oh, uh, yeah, I was. I think I think I like I like the Eifert play. I think, and I was gonna look and see what the who allows the most fantasy points to tight ends. Well, 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 the Titans aren't top eh, seven, and the uh, Jaguars, by the way. Uh, eighth. So definitely in play. A lot of, a lot of guys in play in this game. Vikings at the Buccaneers. Bucks minus six and a half over under 51 and a half. I bet this over uh, on Sunday night, I think at 52. Disappointing that's come down a half point. I think it'll go up assuming the weather is fine. This is, uh, this to me, I, I think first of all, Dalvin Cook at 9,400 is untouchable. Yeah, it, it is a tough salary, even without Alexander Madison, who he had an appendectomy last week. I believe he has already been ruled out for this week and won't return until week 15. The pro- the problem is Dalvin Cook just had 38 touches, Will, and it's just like <laughs> that is so, so valuable for a running back. It's hard to get away from, but this is just a terrible, terrible matchup. Like, it, it, this is as bad as it can get, and – the Bucks have not allowed a running back over 59 rushing yards all season, Will. So, I mean, I'm with you. It's hard to really get behind him at that price. He will likely get 30-plus touches, but in a really tough matchup. Leverage play, sure, but, man, you got to pay up to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's the only argument. It was like the Kamara thing the other week was nobody, nobody's going nobody's gonna to be on him. Like, this is not donkey time in DFS anymore. Like, everyone is... Smart enough to know that you don't play running backs against the Buccaneers. Dalvin Cook is expensive. He won't be rostered at all. Uh, how how high how highly rostered do you think Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen will be? 
I don't think Kirk Cousins will be all that rostered because the the price is getting up there at 6,200. I think people will still gravitate towards Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Uh, just the way that those guys are playing and the fact that their targets are just condensed so much to just those two guys. Like they really don't get the tight ends involved all that much. They throw it a little bit to Dalvin Cook. And recently, the Bucks defense has been susceptible to wide receivers. Over their last two games, they've given up 680 yards and five touchdowns. But he's putting Carlton Davis in man coverage against stud wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, like, don't like don't put him on an island against Tyreek Hill. That's that's probably not smart, Todd Bowles. Uh, <laughs> right. I think I actually think it's like Bruce Arians doing it because they're not they're not calling like defensive game plans the way that I, I maybe maybe I'm wrong, but they're not calling Todd Bowles like defensive game plans the last month. It's weird. Well, I remember, yeah, when when Bowles was with the Jets, he didn't play as much. Man coverage. I think that that was like he just blitzes the crap out of people. Yeah, he just blitzes. All right, so um, yeah, I think the wide receivers are in play. If you ask me, like I'd rather take Thielen because he's four hundred dollars cheaper, and they do use him in the red zone. Like there's just so much. Uh, there's also like Jefferson again was just in the Millie Maker. He's getting offensive rookie of the year. He people are gonna. It's only four hundred dollars. I would expect that it's like almost a two to one roster rate on him. Yeah. And Jefferson's awesome. Like it's nothing against him. It's just like we're playing a salary based game. And if you get someone for cheaper who you think has like a similar upside, then why wouldn't you go that route? Yes. Then you absolutely. I agree completely. Um, okay. What about Tampa, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay? Um, I don't really have any interest in Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones. Um, I don't really Tampa, like the, the Vikings. I'll say this, the Vikings leading. Their sack leader. Do you know who it is? Sack leader for the Vikings. I don't know. Yannick Ngakwe. Hasn't he? He's like, not on the Vikings I was anymore. About to say, he hasn't been on the team for like seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Let me let me double check. Somebody said that. And I just blindly believed him. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think this is a pretty good spot for for Tom Brady. I like Tom Brady. He's another one where. 6,900, it's a good matchup. He's coming off the bye, so should be well rested. And the, the pro, I just really like Herbert, who's like 100 cheaper. I don't know if I'm just kind of like falling for the Falcons, although sure. their defense has been better. Yannick Ngakwe, five sacks, their leader. Yikes. This team doesn't rush the passer at all. And Tom Brady, if you don't pressure him with your front four, is going to light you up. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like Brady, but again, like there's just so many quarterbacks this week. I, I almost want to make a lineup. Like I want to make, a bunch of different lineups, just every single one has a different quarterback. Like, I just don't want to, like, stack one quarterback because I can see a lot of different quarterbacks having great weeks. It's hard to really get behind any of the pass catchers because they just spread the ball out so much. Mike Evans is now up to uh, 6,600, and rightfully so. Like, when they get in the red zone, they only look at Mike Evans. They don't look at anybody else. Um, yeah, the one the, that's the one thing I would worry about is Evans versus Godwin versus Antonio Brown because, I mean, friggin' Tom Brady is just not afraid to – stuff the ball to Antonio Brown. And that's when the offense doesn't get going. And this is a prime spot for just Godwin carving up a bad secondary and Mike Evans getting vertical on young cornerbacks uh, as the safeties try to like, you know, maintain across the middle. I, I mean, I think Brady could go bananas. Yeah. Godwin's my favorite play of the three. He's 6,300. So he's priced right in between them. Evans is at 66. Uh, Brown is at 55. It's just, I don't really know how much Antonio Brown has left, honestly. Hmm. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I think if you went Brady, Godwin, and brought it back with like Thielen, yeah, or even Thielen and Jefferson, if you wanted to be like crazy, it's not. Yeah, it's not crazy. 
I mean, I think this game, assuming the weather holds up, and honestly, I haven't looked at the weather, so I, I'm not sure, but um, assuming the weather holds up, I think this game is a shootout, personally. Because the the Vikings can't run. And if they can't run and they're trailing because they can't stop the pass, they will pass. They just get into shootouts. They've only scored less than 21 points twice this season. I think there's points to be had. Tampa Bay, as of now, 75, mostly cloudy, five-mile-per-hour winds. Okay, gorgeous Tampa Bay weather. All right, I'm, I'm in on this game because it's. I don't think it's going to be that highly rostered. Okay, moving along to the uh, Colts, minus three at the Raiders. I got to be honest, I'm not, I have no interest in, uh, in Derek Carr this week against a better defense. I don't think you can do anything with the, the, uh, Oakland, the Oakland, Las Vegas running backs. But man, I love me some Jonathan Taylor in this spot. Yeah, and shout out to you, man. Like you brought up Jonathan Taylor last week. I was a little bit more apprehensive. I wound hey, up three weeks ago too. I've been on or three weeks ago when he ran for ninety yards. I wound up with him on a few. I played a few early slate only games, and I had uh, had Jonathan Taylor on those teams. So he really, really carried me there. Uh, but it looks it, it looks like the past two games that he has played that they are turning it over to him, and obviously they've been playing with leads in those games. But sixteen touches this past week for Taylor. Uh, 91 rushing yards. He had the receiving touchdown. He was up, up over 130 total yards. And this Raiders defense just gave up 191 total yards to the Jets running backs. Ty Johnson and Josh Adams. Just, just think about that. So this, this Raiders defense is That's not carved up by the Jets. Yeah. And, and it could be another smash spot here for, for Jonathan Taylor. So well, Philip Rivers is battling a massive, uh, or a gnarly, I think is the phrase they use, a turf toe injury. Mm-hmm. But I think in Frank Reich's perfect dream scenario, it's feeding Jonathan Taylor and then maybe some Jordan Wilkins at the end, and some, some short passes, Naheem Hines. He doesn't want to be in a shootout. He wants his defense to snuff out Derek Carr. Uh, Darren Waller is definitely in play as a comeback if you want to correlate with, um, Taylor, but I wouldn't go with, I wouldn't go with Derek Carr in this spot. I just think the, the way that Indianapolis has shut down teams, especially in the second half makes it a little concerning to me. Are you back on the Derek Carr bandwagon? No, 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 no. Not against this Colts defense. Uh, not even as a contrarian play. I wouldn't get behind that. There's just so many quarterbacks. There's too many other options, yeah. Um, and, and with Waller, it's a big price tag, and people are going to see that I believe the Colts are number one against tight ends this year. So When, Darry, when Darius Leonard plays, tight ends don't do anything against him. Yeah, Darren Waller. So they might see that that first, that number one number, right against uh, right next to Waller's name, and they say, all right, well, man, it's a tough matchup, and it's a big price tag. You're going to get him at a lower roster rate, and you know what the upside is. He leads all tight ends, 28% target share, 20 red zone targets is the, is second in the NFL. So Behind Devontae Adams. Yeah. Yeah. The Raiders will score some. I think they'll get to 14 points minimum, and, and one or two of those touchdowns might be Darren Waller. I, I just think – I think I'll be all over – do you think Taylor will be chalky here? I think not completely chalky. I, I think that you'll probably see him in like the – 10, 10 to 15 percent range. Uh, but he's one of three running backs in that five to six K, uh, price point that, that I do like this week. All right. Who are the rest of those running backs? We will tell you coming up after the break. Hey everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time. 
just like me, and also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, Chiefs at Dolphins. Patrick Mahomes, 8,100 is the top quarterback. Uh, Chiefs are minus seven here. The over-under, 49 and a half. That is such a surprisingly stout over-under to me. I mean, that's just every Chiefs game. Every every I feel like every Chiefs game is over 50, so I'm surprised that it's not. But, uh, yeah, it's the Dolphins on the other side. When With Tua as the quarterback, he's more of a game manager type. He's not going to take as many shots as, as Ryan Fitzpatrick. For the Chiefs, look, you you have to have exposure. Uh, they just, like the Titans, like in a game where the Titans go off, everybody for the Titans goes off. It's the same thing with the Chiefs. In a game where they go off, Mahomes is going to go off, Tyreek Hill is going to go off, Travis Kelsey. Uh, now, it's really hard to get all three of those guys together because their salaries are so high. But I think uh, maybe if, if you fade one of Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, you, you, it's easier to make that happen. Uh, I was creating a lineup earlier with with Mahomes and and uh, Tyreek Hill, and, and it worked out all right. It, 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 it wasn't impossible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for Hill... He's averaging 12 targets per game since week seven. Crazy. 12 targets from Patrick Mahomes is just, is so, so. For the, for the most vertically, like, like for the best vertical receiver in football. Now, are we, Xavier Howard will be back and he was kicked out. He's not being suspended or anything. Yeah. No, that was a dumb. Yeah. I haven't seen anything with that. It just, that was weird. I don't know that Xavier Howard is limiting. I always tend to think if you've got a, if you've got a coach like Brian Flores who believes in his defensive backs, and you have a problem like Travis Kelsey over the middle that you might actually have him try to hold up Xavier Howard against Tyreek Hill one on one. Yeah, and and that's the problem with the Chiefs, right? Because if you try and double team Tyreek Hill or even triple team him, then Travis Kelsey's just running wild over the middle of the field. So that they're just a nightmare to try and defend. And like we've heard this, oh Car- Carlton Davis was a good corner heading into that game against the Chiefs. Like it doesn't matter. Tyreek Hill's the fastest player in the NFL, and he can get behind anybody. So uh, definitely, we'll have some uh, some stacks there with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. And I don't know that you have to bring it back with someone, but Gasecki looked awesome last week. He has looked awesome. Yeah, forty five hundred for him. Legs, man. Yeah, he was making some sick plays. Uh, and Miles Gaskin is one of those other running backs in, in the five to six K range. 5,600. I think he had seven red zone opportunities last week in his first game back. Uh, on Wednesday, we're recording this. Savan Ahmed is not practicing. So I think we could see another close to 20 touches for Gaskin. Um, and, and Melvin Gordon just ran all over this Chiefs defense. So yeah, that's true. You can, yeah, you can definitely run over the Chiefs. Um, Falcons at the Chargers. We were talking about Justin Herbert a lot. He has $6,800. 
it feels like a prime bounce back spot for him now that he has been priced back down after a total egg against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Falcons defense a little, little friendlier than, than the, than the Pats when it comes to young quarterbacks. Although they've been fairly stingy the last couple of weeks. Uh, if you play Herbert, it sounds like you will. Who are you stacking with him? Austin Eckler, 7,000 or Keenan Allen at 7,700? It's hard to get behind Keenan Allen right now. Like this is not the Keenan Allen we saw earlier in the season just because Eckler is eating so much into his target share. Since Eckler returned in week 12, he leads the team with 24% of the targets. Keenan Allen down to 20%. So, uh, I do like Eckler again. He let people down last week. He still had nine targets in a game where they lost 45 to zero. So, uh, I do like him at 7K and I think Mike Williams is sneaky at uh, 4,700 as well. Ten nine nine three, and I think he was injured in that three. Maybe I'm wrong. Sixteen. Those are the receptions that Keenan Allen had before Austin Eckler's return in Week Twelve, followed by four and five. Yeah, it's so just, you know, at his price, which is, I mean, I would much rather go with. So you could go with Herbert and Eckler, and then bring it back with Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley, both of which are. Ridley is 7,500. Like, I, I want Ridley over Allen at 7,500. Yeah. And, uh, and Julio's only 66. I, I have written down here, Julio Jones, 6,600 is mispriced. Yeah. He is, that is one that stood out to me early on here and he made it through the game healthy. And that's really what I needed to see to get back on. So, uh, I do like Julio as, as a bring back in the spot. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, we're, we're talking down Keenan Allen. I wonder if other people are going to think this and he's gonna be kind of a leverage play. He might be. I, think I don't think I don't think people will want to be on Keenan Allen, and it's because of the price too. I mean, seventy-seven. He's yeah. not. I mean, if you go with Keenan Allen at seventy-seven, you are passing on DeAndre Hopkins at seventy-six hundred. Now I don't. I have, we'll get to that in a minute. I have no interest in Hopkins, but uh, Calvin Ridley. I mean, you're going to play Calvin Ridley or Justin. You're going to play Keenan Allen, who had nine target nine catches the last two weeks over Ridley and Jefferson, who have just been monsters lately. I mean, I don't know. Don't want to do it. He's the fourth highest priced wide receiver. I, I guess that's all matchup based. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'll play Ridley, Jefferson, AJ Brown, Lockett, Mike, uh, Mike Thomas, I guess, Thielen. I like Allen him. Robinson. I mean, Terry, well, maybe Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones. I mean, Amari Cooper. There's like 10 receivers. Nobody is going to be on. Keenan Allen this week, which means Frank's going to play him with Justin Herbert this deck. <laughs> you talked me into it, Will. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Anybody else in those games? Uh, no. You said Mitch and Mike Williams. Sure. That works. Jets at Seahawks. Seahawks minus 13 and a half over under 47. So here's the thing on this, Frank. Each week, it's like, ah, uh, well, they're playing the Jets, which is a great matchup, but I just don't know if they're going to be throwing late. You know, it's, you know, they're, they're going to have to sit. You know, these guys are going to be just running the ball late with a huge lead, and then each week the Millie Maker is playing the Jets. At what point are we going to grow up and realize that just playing the Millie Maker against the Jets is, is the play? Play everybody against the Jets is the play. Uh, every yeah. week. Like, and they just fired their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams. And the Seahawks are coming off of a, a, a tough loss against the Giants, so I wonder if they like just take it all, all out on the Jets, right? It's a bounce back spot, good matchup. Russell Wilson has been throwing the ball less. Let Russ cook is not a thing anymore. Yeah. This is a way for them to get things 
back on track here. Um, they've allowed eight passing touchdowns the Jets have over their last three games. So they just lost to the Giants. I mean, they, like it's people are questioning. Like I do Seattle radio every Wednesday morning and they're like, so what's the national perspective? I'm like, well, you know, everybody's panicking because the Seahawks look like crap and they couldn't get anything going. Turns out the Giants might just have a good defense and they're a bad matchup for DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson in particular because Leonard Williams is rushing the passer really well. And James Bradbury's playing an elite level cornerback. So it's almost like I think people will not be on the Seahawks in this spot. And if that's the case, I mean, like you can just, you can just take over the field if you have like Russell Wilson to you get a Russ DK. Would you add Lockett too, or is it just two? I mean, the optimizers like all three. So <laughs> that I've seen so far and Lockett you're getting at, uh, at 72. So we know what his upside is. He has not been consistent. Would I use him in cash games? No. Does he still have big upside? Yes, I do think he does. Um, and Metcalf, it's a huge price tag, but this is another one where I brought up the Chiefs. Same thing with uh, the Seahawks. If I'm creating a bunch of different lineups, I do want a Seahawks lineup with Russ and Metcalf, and I'll bring it back with someone like Jamison Crowder, who's 5,400. You're getting him cheaper. Uh, I saw today that Denzel Mims did not practice because of a personal reason, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I would steer clear of that. Yeah, but uh, Crowder got back on track and he was using the red zone. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing something like that. You're going to have to pay down. You have to get cheaper at other positions. Like you're not going to have Devontae Adams and, you know, Derrick Henry. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Like once you commit to stacking Russ with Metcalf or Mahomes with Tyree Kill, like you're not going to have Devontae Adams. You're not going to have Derrick Henry. You're not going to have uh, Dalvin Cook. You just need to accept that. And you're going to have to live in like the five to six K range for your running backs. Uh, and you're going to have to pay down at tight end. You'll get like, a Ferkser or an Eifert or a Cole Komet, who we'll talk about, but um, yeah, and then you just paid down a defense. But, it, it, but like, there's nothing wrong with having an Eifert, you know? Like, that's it's not the end of the world. Um, you can, yeah. I mean, looking at this, I just like ran one through there, but I don't know. This is kind of spicy. You can go Russ, Metcalf, Julio, Eckler, James Robinson. Those are pretty chalky running backs. Darnell Mooney, KJ Hamler. Then this has Hayden Hurst and Dallas defense in there. I mean, that's, that's enough juice in your lineup where, like, I mean, in other words, it, you know, you could, let's say we bail on James Robinson and, um, bail. Hey, take Miles Gaskin. You get him at 5,600. I'm going to add Jonathan Taylor at 5,800 there. And, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to toss in there. The guy I like is, uh, David Montgomery and reoptimize. So I'm going to go Montgomery Taylor. And those guys, Montgomery Taylor are going to both be owned, but we're going to have Montgomery Taylor. This was just jamming James Robinson in here. You can see the lamb, Kate, KJ Hamler, Hayden Hurst. I mean, you can put, you can get enough, you can get enough juice where you can do some damage with Russ and Metcalf. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And if they're, if it looks like they're not going to be rostered, I think that's a great spot to go to because they're just the Jets keep giving. We, we talked about last week. They just keep giving up tons of passing yards and Russell. Has been eliminated from the MVP race by most people. I think they'll want to show something here, not just come out with a 17 to nine win over the Jets. You yeah. need to get your confidence back. Texans at the Bears. Bears, uh, it's Pickham over under 45. I have to imagine that David Montgomery at 6,500, who I absolutely love this week. I don't love the player, but he's, and he, I think he's like running 30% of the, it's like running routes on 30%. What, what is the stat? It's something insane. Like, He's just on the field all the time. His usage is out of control. The Texans are terrible against running backs. I don't see how you get away from him here. 
Yeah, so David Montgomery's usage is like a running back in the close to 8K range or above that. Like he is playing, like in terms of how he's being used, 80% of the snaps since he's returned in week 12 and he's been getting a, a ton of targets as well with Mr. Trubisky as the quarterback. Uh, and it's just, this is the best matchup for a running back. They are allowing the most yards per carry to, to running backs, 5.2, the Houston Texans are. Uh, and they've given up 70 total yards or a touchdown to a running back in every game this season. So the the price is getting up there. We were all over Montgomery last week. But yep. even at 6,500, I'm willing to go back. And uh, I would definitely encourage anybody that is uh, diving in on this to, if you're if you're also betting on props, bet on the over of David Montgomery rushing yards. I like right? it. I think this is just a sneaky game in general. Like, I know it's in Chicago, and you might have some worry about the weather. It's, what I'm looking at now is 30 degrees, overcast, 12-mile-per-hour winds. It's not terrible, but I think that this is a game where it can be sneaky. Okay. Uh, Cardinals, Giants. Cardinals minus two and a half at the Giants over to 45. I have no interest in anyone in this, on this entire game. I agree with you. I like the Cardinals defense. If Colt McCoy is the quarterback at 2,700, I mean, even if Daniel Jones, he's very turnover prone as well. So yeah, for a, a, a sub three K defense, I like the Cardinals. Okay. Cardinals fine. Yeah. The Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones with a bad hamstring. Sure. Uh, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. You got to be really into a contrarian style of decision making to play them because it's a bad cornerback matchup for DeAndre Hopkins with Bradbury. And it's a, uh, frankly, a terrible spot for Kyler Murray. He hadn't played. They haven't moved um, DeAndre Hopkins off the left side in three weeks since Kyler Murray got hurt. Just don't play him. I mean, it's just, it's very simple. Don't play him. Too many other options. Saints and Eagles. Saints minus seven over under 44. It's a Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts bowl. Have you any interest in either Taysom Hill or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts at 5,100. Like, I will have at least one lineup with Jalen Hurts at 51 just because I think that he's just going to take off and run a lot. And even if he's not great, even if he only throws for one touchdown, if he, like, rushes for 50 and, and somehow scores a rushing touchdown as well, um, like, he's easily going to pay off that price tag at 5,100. So I will have a, a few, uh, at least one lineup of him, and I, you don't need to stack him with anyone because I don't really know who he's going to target. He threw a touchdown to Greg Ward last week, so don't really want Greg Ward in my lineups. But Michael Thomas, man, like, Taysom Hill does not throw the ball that much, but when he does, 39% target share in his three starts have uh-huh. gone to Michael Thomas. So I'm not really scared of the Eagles' defense. I think Darius Slay got banged up last week too, right? Yes. Slay left with, uh, Slay left injured, walked off the field. So that, that would help Michael Thomas as well. So yeah. a lot of, a lot of wide receivers in that range, um, like that mid six to. If you want to dabble with Hurts, just don't, like, just don't, you don't need to, you don't need to mess around with the wide receivers. No. Unless you want to go with like Ertz or somebody there at the tight end position, maybe, I guess. Um, okay. Move along. Let's, well, yeah, let's move along. There's, but I can't, I just don't know. I don't think, I don't think this game, I think this game goes way under. The quarterbacks run a bunch. They feed. I was, actually, you know who is it kind of interesting to me here? And uh, the matchup's not good, but Latavius Murray again. Cause if the Saints get it, that we got our Kamara week last week, we were right on that. If the Saints get up in this game and they're going against a good run defense, I could see them just feeding Latavius Murray. And then you just hope he jailbreaks one or two. Yeah, <laughs> nobody will have Latavius Murray on their rosters. Uh, it's hard to back Alvin Kamara. Yes, while he scored a touchdown last week, the targets are still not where you want them to be, and, and it's not a good matchup. Yeah, it's a terrible matchup. This is a good, a very good Eagles defense against the run. Cowboys at the Bengals. Woof. 
Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. The Cowboys minus three and a half over under 43 and a half. Uh, Cowboys defense has to be a, a, a thought here, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I think Cowboys defense and Cardinals definitely two that I'm looking at. And you can stack the Cowboys defense with, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 6,600. I think we probably get close to 20 touches and it's a good matchup against the Bengals. And I don't think Zeke is going to be rostered in many. Probably not. So. And the, the Bengals are just friggin' terrible. I don't think you can do anything with Cincinnati. Shout out to, uh, I'll just do my, my Heath contrarian, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. <laughs> I don't hate it. Revenge. Actually, actually, you know what? It's, and it's not even, I'll, I'll add a, the Brinson spin to it with, uh, with Heath here as the contrarian play. It is a revenge game. That's right. And he's 5,500 and Michael Gallup, who since Dalton has returned is tied for the team league, uh, team lead in target share is 3,800. That's a- too cheap. Solid. Look, they're better against the pass. They're better against wide receivers than they are against the run. But I still think like the Bengals are susceptible. It was, I think a month ago, the, all the Steelers wide receivers went off against them. I, I think Andy Dalton will, it's a one o'clock game, right? Yeah. So it's a, whatever. It's not in prime time. It's Andy Dalton wants, Andy Dalton wants to go back and drop some revenge on the Bengals. Yeah. It's one o'clock game. I think, I think this is a, this, this might be like an Andy Dalton four touchdown, four passing touchdown game. Seriously. <laughs> it's so gross, but it's so possible. I mean, he, he, you will be above the field if Andy Dalton goes off. And what do the Cowboys have to hold back on? And it's so easy to, 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 to get, get Dalton, Zeke, and Michael Gallup in your lineup. And you don't have to bring it back with anybody. You just don't no, do Don't it. bring it back with anybody. Go Dalton, Zeke, Gallup, and they, Cowboys defense. And then you just plug in Devontae Adams, Derrick Henry. Like, I mean, whatever studs you want. I like it. I like it. Boy, man, I'm going to write Andy Dalton down. <laughs> Andy Dalton? Question mark. <laughs> Unbelievable. Thanks. Thanks. Ghost of Heath past Washington at the 49ers. 49ers minus three over under 43. Uh, I don't really see how you can do anything here, Frank, because the Washington football team, both these teams are five and seven. Uh, both are competing for the playoffs, so it should be a competitive game. The last time I think these two teams played, it was, uh, last year when the, uh, in the, in a monsoon and there were a total of nine points scored and Bill Callahan was trying to run the clock out on the season. Uh, this is in Arizona at the 49ers fake home. The 49ers want to run the ball and Nick Mullins isn't great under pressure. Washington is getting tons of pressure and conversely, you know, the one guy I might with Antonio Gibson likely out, the one guy I might like is Terry McLaurin, but he's could probably draw Richard Sherman a bunch of the time. And while he might get loose for one, you know, we saw Stefan Diggs, even you know, I mean, it's just not a great it's just not a great matchup for anybody here. I do like JD McKissick just because okay. if yeah, sure. out, he had ten targets this past week, he's forty nine hundred. So I think he probably sees somewhere in six to eight targets, and you know, if they do Somehow wind up in a competitive back and forth game. He could get double digit targets. So at 49, look and see where are the 49ers in terms of, uh, they're middle of the pack in terms of receptions allowed to running backs, uh, yardage wise, a little bit higher. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, I, I like that. They've given up three passing touchdowns to running backs. I don't hate that. And he's dirt cheap too. You got McKissick, you got, you got McKissick, Andy Dalton. I mean, what are we doing here? McKissick, Andy Dalton, Michael Gallup. You got a little, you're cooking with some gas. But you could seriously, like, you could go McKissick and, and Miles Gaskin and you have, you know, two, two pretty cheap running backs here. You do whatever you want anywhere else. That's how you get the Russ, 
DK Devonte Adams action. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, there's something. When was the last game? It's off the board. Broncos and Panthers. Why is the game off the board? COVID concerns with the Panthers, surely. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So don't play anybody in that game. It's ugly. Everybody's missing. Right. I mean, maybe Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But like, it doesn't look like DJ Moore is going to play because he actually tested positive and. Curtis Samuel is like the contact tracing. He was close to DJ Moore, so he won't play. If this game somehow happens and those guys are both out, then I think Robbie Anderson at 6,200, AJ Boye just got suspended six games. I think he would be in play. And of course, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, last time we saw him, he had a massive game against the Chiefs in week nine, 37 fantasy points at 9,200. So okay. I don't, I don't know what his roster rate will look like, but considering all the other talent, I, I think you're probably going to get him. Suppressed, which is not normal for CMC. Okay, fair enough. All right. Who's your chalk play of the week? My chalk play of the week. I really like the Packers. I think you could go with either one of Adams or, or Aaron Jones, but I'm going to lean with the running back, and I like Aaron Jones in this spot, 7,600. Uh, I will go with the same division, different team, and actually I could pick two guys here. I don't care how chalky they are. I will play them, David Montgomery and then Jonathan Taylor, who's not in the same division, but uh, both of those guys for me are in absolute smash spots, and I want a lot of them. Uh, how about your super value play of the day, of the week? Yeah, we just brought his name up. The revenge game for Andy yes. Dalton throwing to Michael Gallup, 3,800. I like the price. Love it. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the guy that we talked about off the top, and I think I will take Tyler Eifert, who $3,100. There's a ton of options at tight end, but if you – and you're avoiding Travis Kelsey. You're avoiding – Darren Waller, you are avoiding these big names that people gravitate towards, but you unlock a lot of other options at wide receiver. Like I think you could get, you know, if you go, if you want to go, I mean, whatever combination of Andy Dalton, Michael Gallup, Tyler Eifert to start, like you can put some meat around him. And if you hit one, if you, if Andy Dalton has two or three passing touchdowns against his old team and Eifert catches one and has a couple of receptions, uh, all of a sudden I think you got a pretty nice base on cheap guys. That's not that, like it's not that out of, out of like, it's not that hard to imagine. And you can really hammer home with some superstars elsewhere. Yeah, you just choose whether you want to spend up at quarterback this week or you want to spend up uh, at you know running back. And depending on that, like you go cheap at, with Dalton and then spend up you know for guys like uh, Metcalf or or Devontae Adams, whatever it might be, or vice versa. If you want Mahomes, then you're going to have to get some of those uh, cheaper running backs that we mentioned, like McKissick and, and Miles Gaskin. All right, we uh, we we podcasted long, so we'll talk about beer next week. Uh, we'll get back to beer eventually. I haven't been drinking that much beer. Oh, you know what I had that was uh, good that, that I hadn't had in a long time? Very 2020 beer. I think they finally brought it back for the first time. Lagunitas sucks. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a beer for the times is what they called it. It's because it sucks. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know about Lagunitas. It's a, just an IPA, but it's, they like screwed up the formula, bottled it anyway. And they're like, eh, like try everybody try this. They're like, this is fantastic. And they're like, okay. Like we thought it sucks. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear that story. That's yeah, so called, sucks. Anything for you? Uh, I tried from Evil Twin Sour Pepper Cherry Vanilla Float. Woo! Exactly like what you think it would. The only thing I will bring up with like the Evil Twin is their sour beers are not sour. It's just, it's just very sweet. Oh, that's a whole lot of flavor profiles. Yeah. Yeah. And Evil Twin, Evil Twin likes to mix some stuff together. Uh, all right. That's it. Frank Stanfield at Roto underscore Frank on Twitter. Follow him. Uh, listen to all the fantasy stuff. I'll read all his stuff on, fan- on TBS Sports on the fantasy section of the site. Always a pleasure. I appreciate you coming in, buddy, uh, t- and taking the time every single week. It's always a blast. Thanks for having me, man.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 